This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Quiet Tastings. We are happy to have you along with us this week for a wonderful beer week. And Dad, did you have a good St. Patrick's Day? Oh, I did. Well, you know, I talked about it a couple times. We did go to John Jerry's and did the same thing. We did, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many uh, blessings. <laughs> there were 10 people and we went around the room twice, so that's at least 20. And then there were a few more. Yeah, and hopefully y'all were just doing sips out of your shot glasses and not full shots. Absolutely, Josh. We've been doing this for years. We got it down. Obviously, I was an amateur. But yes, we started in 2008. <laughs> All right. Well, we are doing a beer week this week, and we are doing stouts. So, Dad, why don't you let everybody know what your stout is and what your pairing is? Okay. I'm doing the Chocolate Nior Stout, and it's from Prairie Artisan Ales. And with that, I've got some Daddy Rib. I've got some Irish whiskey chips. I found these, man. This is an Irish we'll whiskey chips. Yeah, we'll see how they go. Okay. And then we got some Irish porter cheddar cheese. Okay. And what do you have? So I have from Left Hand Brewing. I have their dry Irish stout on nitro. And as my pairings, I have some duck confit nachos. I have a cheddar bomb burger that i added some corned beef bacon to i guess you oh, call wow. it bacon, but it's just slices of corned beef what's bacon no it's just corned beef okay i didn't put the bacon jam on i thought about it but i thought that'd okay. just be too much it might be and then i have some limoncello cookies all right sounds great yes but before we dig in and dive in dad you've got to remind everybody about the blind from a couple weeks ago yeah, we we did. Uh, you did a wine, and you went through it. And at one point, you said Nebbiolo, you said Old World, you said Northern Italy, Nebbiolo, and then you turned around sideways and said Barbaresca. I didn't turn around sideways. That's just a sub. That's just a region of Northern Italy that does Nebbiolo. Okay, I didn't go sideways on you. Okay, I just picked well, a region. It, okay. Well, I don't know if it was from the Boresco region, but it was a Nebbiolo. It was it was a Brawl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so it's same, you know, same area up in the Piedmonte, just wrong subregion. So I'll, I'll give myself no, 95. Pat on the back for that one. That was a 98. A I don't know. I don't know how to score <laughs> that. But yeah, you got that one. All right, so that's a that's one of the first wins in the wine column for for me for a while. <laughs> well, you know, we well, keep practicing, we'll get better. One of these days, we're gonna have to put up a scoreboard in here. So <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't have any beers I've missed. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it today. So we're gonna be starting with my beer. Uh, once again, my beer is the Left Hand Dry Irish Stout on nitro yes and my pairings are i have some duck confit nachos i have a cheddar bomb burger with um some slices of corn my corned beef that i made and then the limoncello cookies is there any order no okay good (laughs) there never is i just double checked so we've done left hand before on the show we're fans of left hand brewing as a reminder, Left Hand Brewing is out of Colorado. I believe they're in the Littleton area. Correct. I think that's right. Longmont. Oh, not Littleton. Longmont. It's an L word. 
Yeah. Uh, they're the long, they're the Longmont area. One of the things that they do a lot of is they do nitro cans. Uh, I was first introduced to them with through their milk stout, which is still probably one of my favorite beers of kind of all time. And around you're saying nitro is, or you're saying milk stout is, or you're saying nitro milk stout is. Well, uh, the so the idea of milk stout is probably my favorite area of beer, and then mm-hmm. I would say out of the two, the nitro milk stout that they do is. Is probably one of my favorite beers. I would have to agree with you because if it's done on nitro, that just makes it so special. You know, this this beer, it's holding its head, and we poured mine, had dis- disappeared. Right. But, you know, it's a, a nice brown tan head, and both of these beers are just almost black. Yeah, I mean, they're stouts. So yeah, so they're stouts. That's one of the characteristic of a stout, unless you get a blonde stout is the idea of the darkness of it. So that's kind of where it came from. We've talked about porters before. Porters were the predecessors of stouts. They use darker malts in them, and which is what attains the dark color. Correct. Now, they're, this is an ale, an ale style. So we're talking about the little bit, you know, the warmer here. Mm-hmm. Now... You know, we can go into our IBU game here because I believe <laughs> it, this is in the 40s. Oh, really? On the IBU scale. Yes. But cool. what balances bitter? Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. So having all that extra malt in there really balances out that bitterness from the darker, the more cooked malt. And. Gives you a very, very well-balanced beer. It's very well-balanced. That sweetness is just wonderful. And, you know, that mouthfeel that you get with nitro is wonderful. So what nitro is, listeners, if you're not real familiar with it, is it's instead of putting CO2 in the barrel or the or the beer in some fashion or format. Yeah, it's usually in the keg. It's in the kegging typically, but now as a home brewer, uh, you, you you do different things because if you don't have if you don't have the keg and you're just doing it in your bottle, you're doing some kind of little bottle CO two. But this is nitrogen, so that's why it's called nitro, and so it it has to be an art as to how much nitro to put in there, and this is a can that has one of those little pellets or uh what was it what is it really called it's like it's, a capsule it's called yeah so when you pop the top of the can you get this of the of the nitro and then that just infuses right there in the beer and then you pour it up and one of the best ways to do it i watched josh and he he knows what he's doing you just take that can and you like turn it upside down and that is one of the preferred ways to do it now with guinness and the nitro you don't necessarily have to do it that way but what you sometimes do is you try to play that game of same thing as the draft where you where you get three quarters of the of the beer poured and then pour the rest 
But yeah. with the can, it really doesn't work that well. No, because what happens is so the reason you do that when you when you're pulling a nitro beer is because you want it to incorporate. And the way the line works, it doesn't incorporate it as well as in the glass. Out of the cans or the bottles, it just throws all that nitrogen in. So you need to you're doing the mixing when you pour. Right. So almost every every can or bottle suggests a hard pour. You know, pour hard because you just basically I mean, honestly, when I crack this can, I immediately just dump it over the top of the glass. If I'm gonna drink it out of the glass. Now if I'm gonna drink it out of the can I do just crack the can, wait for a little bit, and then I can drink out of the can. Mm-hmm. So rather than that gas being mixed in before, you know, the canning is closed, it's actually happened after you open the can. But my opinion is you do, you use the glass because as soon as you open that can, the nitrogen is going into the beer, but it's also going into the air. Don't. To me, that's the best way to do it. Go ahead and just put it in the glass. Right. But it's it's got a, you know, this style of beer is extremely famous, especially this time of year. If you're wondering, the granddaddy of them all of the Irish Dry Stouts is Guinness. So this is along the same style as a Guinness. It is, you know, they're really dry roasted kind of barley. So rather than like, wet roasting or cooking cooking stuff that way they use dry hot air to bring that about and it gives it that kind of medium bodied consistency and flavor not it's not overtly heavy in flavor it's very full flavored but it's not heavy now you said what the IBUs was or it was the well, I didn't say what the IBUs was. I guessed. Oh, you guessed for it. I guessed it's oh, around okay. four. Well, you you it picked say. the can up. You tricked me. Well, it's now not, what's what's the ABV of it? Um, four point three. Four point three. That that's so Guinness is four point four. That is another characteristic of the mm-hmm. Irish dry stouts is they're on the lighter mm-hmm. alcohol side. You know, other iterations of this are is O'Hara's. Is another dry Irish stout, Beamish. That's another one. Yeah, there's quite a. I mean, there's a there's a lot. Yeah, Murphy's. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've been over here snacking a little bit. I don't know if you heard me crunching or not, but I haven't got to the duck part. But the the cheese that's on here. Do you know what kind of cheese it is? It's a cheese dip. Okay, just a cheese dip. Well, it's fantastic. It works really well with the, with the chip, the cheese, and the beer. Uh, that sweetness, I guess, of the of the cheese, and maybe that little bit of saltiness of the chip, just goes really well. Yeah, I'm gonna work on the on the duck here in a minute. Have you tried anything? I'm you've been talking. I've been talking time. mostly. I I just tried the nacho, and you know, kind of my thought was here pub food. You know, this is pub beer to me pub food you know the first two things are from our friends down at flyway brewing here in in little rock and then i actually added my corned beef to the burger mm. kind of bring about a little bit more of a you know seasonal feel so if you hadn't been to flyway it's not fly away it's fly away they're a duck on free nachos is just fabulous so we're going to pause in a minute while we eat <laughs> Gave them a plug. 
Yeah. Okay, so I had the duck with it now. And that, you know, that duck has that sweetness to it. And duck's not spicy or, you know, it's gamey. It's got a little gamey. It's got a little earthiness to it. And that goes really well with this beer. Yeah. So, so far, number one, best on fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and something interesting in these, you know, dry stouts is one of the reasons that they're called that way is they will, a lot of times, will have unroasted barley or unmalted, unmalted barley that they roast. So a lot of times when you roast barley, it's already malted. And then, so this unmalted roasting of it adds that really depth and what makes it that dry feel to it. And it's not like, thing is like, it's not a heavy beer. I keep saying that, but that's the one of the things I love about this style of beer is it's not heavy at all. Mm-hmm. It's not light. I mean, it's light on your palate. You just get a bunch of flavor, 4.3% alcohol, drink them all day kind of thing and have a much better beer experience than people who drink light beer at 4.3. Right. I'm still chewing. <laughs> the burger. But I had the burger. Um, so you got the burger from them and then you added the corned beef? Yeah. What you said? Yeah. So we, we corn, we corn our own beef. Jordan and I corn our own beef. We do a dry corning. Uh, this time it was four to 15 days in the corning and then boiled it off. And I just cut two really thin strips of it and added it to the Cheddar Bomb Burger, which is a slider that has two beef patties and then a big cheddar cheese skirt. Well, explain that corning while for the listeners. You know, and I'm not that familiar with it because I always just, you know, buy the corned beef at grocery store. So corning is a process to preserve meat longer than, you know, like in pre-refrigeration time. Most of the time you do, a lot of people do a wet corning, which is a lot like pickling. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, a salty acidic solution that the beef sits in, it's usually brisket, sits in for 14 days and it kind of pickles it. And preserves it and then when you're ready you take it out and you cook it and get it to the temperature most of the time traditionally it's done by boiling with corned beef it's traditionally done with herbs and spices now we do what's called a dry corning method so if you think okay. about a wet marinade versus a dry marinade it's same kind of thing so we use salt curing salt so pink curing salt regular salt, sugar, and then all the traditional aromatics that go with it. Put it in a bag, vacuum seal it, put it in the fridge. This one went a little long, we think, because it's kind of tough. Okay. And then on St. Patty's Day, bring it out, wash it off, because you don't want to eat that pink salt. It's harmful for you. And then boil it like normal, slice it up and eat it. it sounds good. It yeah, is so good. That, that's the that's the corning process, and that's what makes corned beef corned beef. Yeah, and there's a you know another process that is salting, but you end up the meat is so salty. In my 
<laughs> in my opinion, you can hardly eat it. But a lot of people, that's that's you know that's the way you preserved the food was to use a solution and that salt solution, that brining of the salt, and put it in. And a lot of times they would take it and then actually put it in a smokehouse and smoke it. But then it still co- it comes out nice and smoky, but it comes out very salty. Well, it's bacon. Yeah, <laughs> you, you basically just described the process of making bacon. Yeah. So you know, I had the peanut butter milk stout a few weeks ago on the show, and we've had I think we've had the regular milk mm. stout on the show, and now this dry nitro milk stout is on the show if you ever get a chance to go to left hand i think you probably should go because they have so many beers you know they have seasonals and they have year round i don't know how many of the ones we actually can get here in arkansas we can get quite a few yeah but i'm not sure which ones you know they have a mixed pack where it's it's you know several and the peanut butter stout comes in there with it. So they, you know, we we've actually we've had probably six or seven of their beers on the show throughout the years. They do such a great job. Now, what did you think of the burger with the beer? The burger did not go as well to me with the beer as the cheese and the duck tacos. And part of that might have been there's no real sauce on that burger. And so it's somewhat, if you will, dry. Right. But the meat itself, or the meats themselves, went went well. Yeah, so maybe I should have put the bacon jam on there to give some sort of sauce consistency. Or they, they usually have a mayo that goes on there, which I'm not a huge fan of, personally, which is why I left it off. But I just had a piece of the corned beef. Like, I just took one of the pieces of corned beef off and ate it, and it very, very good with the beer. Which, I mean, which makes sense. I mean, it makes sense that the corned beef, you know, just a little strip of strip of pink meat goodness was, oh my gosh, the flavors of that worked so well with the, with the beer. It was crazy. Here we are, we're dissecting that. Well, I mean... We're not dissecting, we're just trying other things. Well, we're taking the burger off, and I was holding up the, the cheese, mm-hmm. and uh, you're holding up corned beef, and the sandwich is kind of flop-eared on the side. <laughs> yeah. Now, have you? did you ever make a, a stout when you were making beers? Oh, yeah. Did you make a dry stout? No. I'm not sure, as a home brewer, how you make a dry stout. Or, you know, I made... I think I tried to make a milk stout that didn't turn out, but just a plain old stout. Yeah. You can hide a lot of mistakes in a stout. That's <laughs> a home brewer. Yeah. So, but um, have you had any other dry stouts besides this one and Guinness? Well, I've had Beamish. I think it's a dry stout. I know I've had the Murphys. Is it? I think it might be a dry stout. I, you know, what's not, you know, I don't know. You know, we love, we love our Imperial Stout from uh, Lost 40. 
Yeah. The 99. You know, I don't know of anybody in town that has done a dry stout. I'm trying to think. I think I don't think so either. If anybody's done it, Lost 40 might have done it once on like a test batch kind of thing. Right. But I don't think so. No, I don't think Diamond Bear has. They just no, do a stout. Not. Yeah, they just do their oatmeal. Their oatmeal, begrudgingly do their oatmeal stout. I'm more contorted to cooking. Now tell me again about that. So it's a lemon cello cookie. So it's lemon, it's a lemon butter cookie, basically. We need some lemon cello to go with it. This is not a liquor episode. <laughs> okay. Save that for when you when you're in when you're down there in near Capri and in, in Sorrento. Yeah, just walk around with a lemon cello in my backpack. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's good. It so there's. There's some like chocolatey espresso, like coffee ness to the beer mm-hmm. that goes well with the cookie. Hmm. That cookie is very lemony. Mm hmm. You say with the beer, he has some coffee coming out of the of the cookie? No. The beer has some coffee oh, yeah. flavors. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in some parts of the world, when they do. In coffee, they'll actually squeeze lemon into it. Oh, so it kind of gives me that that kind of feel, that bright acidity going with that coffeeness of the beer. And goes, I think it goes really well. Well, a lot of places when you have espresso, you know, come on on a saucer with a little cup, and then there'll be a little sliver of lemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what that's for. Exactly. We were a place the other day, and I I had a triple shot of. Espresso, but they didn't bring me lemon. Hmm. Not <laughs> everywhere does it. I could have asked for it, I'm sure. Yeah. Not everywhere does it because not a lot of people drink straight espresso around here. It's usually mixed. Right. Has some sort of milk product in it. So I think the people that work at Left Hand, they must enjoy it. And they, you know, they have a. They have what they call Team Left Hand, and they they do the uh, MS bike race. And they're involved with that. They're sponsors. So, you know, they, they give back to the community, what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're big into giving back and sustainability and very involved in the community. Like one of their peers, I think it's called Wheels Goes Around. It's a uh, lemon and raspberry goza. Have you had that? Mm-hmm. We've had it on the show. Oh, proceeds okay. have gone. Okay. Proceeds go to the MS one fifty. Okay. Yeah, they're a really good company. Make great beer. I haven't found a bad a beer I don't enjoy or I don't like. Now I haven't <laughs> haven't had their IPAs. <laughs> That's just because I don't drink IPAs. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I did. I have had one. I don't know if it's considered a or not the galactic cowboy uh-huh i think that is a they have a black ipa and i think the galactic is is an ipa or it's like a it's like a um a hopped i think it's a hopped imperial stout mm, i don't see it here on the list but yeah anyway they do they do like like we said they do a lot of really good stuff they're a great company and i 
think their food has gone well with everything we've done today. Like I there's think, definitely mm-hmm. some shining things, but there hasn't been something that's bad. I also think it's a tribute to the style of beer. Well, the Galactic Cowboy is a uh, nitro too. It's an imperial style. Yep. So it's not a, it's not an IPA. So I'm sure you'd like it, but it's uh, ABV's. It's imperial, so it's ABV is nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I'll be used forty-four. Yep. Uh, anything else? I'm running out, so uh, we well, might have to switch over. All right. Well, let's go ahead and switch over to your beer. So, Dad, why don't you remind us of what your beer is and what your pairings are? I've got the chocolate Muir Stout. That's from the Prairie Artisan Ales. And with that, I have some ribs that I made. I have Irish whiskey chips. And I have an Irish Porter Cheddar cheese. So, like I said, this beer, it pours. It's not nitro, so it poured. There was a little bit of head. The head is pretty much totally dissipated. You and I both just have a little circle in the middle of the glass. Now, the head is actually darker. And the reason, maybe, this beer is barrel-aged. It's not just barrel aged, it's a barrel aged imperial. Yes. <laughs> it's a barrel <laughs> calm down. It's a barrel aged imperial and it clocks in at fourteen point three. Jesus. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so Listen. if the if the captain was here, I think he would be he'd be loving this beer. So it is a hard transition mm-hmm. from that beer from my beer to your beer. Well, it's even worse than between my water to your beer, that transition is not nearly as as hard as from your four point. Would you say four point seven? Four point three. Four point three. It's a whole ten percent <laughs> difference in these two beers, just alcohol wise. Yeah, and you can get you smell it on the nose. Well, like, I smelt it, and I had alcohol chills run through. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, all right, this is a big boy." It's a big boy. Uh, I but, didn't really know it was that big when I said I was going to find it, but I I had no trouble finding it. It was at uh, Colonial. Uh, both these beers were at Colonial in Little Rock. The price I don't remember the price on the Nitro, but the price on a four pack of this beer was twenty one dollars. I mean, it's a pra- it's a it's prairie. a big boy. It, well, it's a big boy, but it's also a prairie beer. Prairies. Beers usually tend to run on the higher range of beers. But, you know, I'm sure when you tell us about the beer, we'll start to understand why. Because there is a lot going on in this beer. Like, I'm still tasting my first two sips. And I haven't taken one since, you know, I t- you started talking about the ABV. Well, that's where, I mean. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it has a long, and it's a very it's bold in flavor. There's a lot going on to it. It's a very long finish. Uh, is that a bad thing, Joe? What did I say at the beginning? <laughs> it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Just saying, so there's a lot. We, we have talked about uh, Prairie Artisan Brewery before. We had the chalk. How many weeks back? Uh, quite a few. But the chalk was actually their first beer. 
and one could say that beer was illegal when they first made it. In fact, they made it, and one of the things that they are proud of is they've been making beer as long as Oklahoma has been a state, or before Oklahoma was a state. And so this beer was, this chalk was like a bathtub beer, and it's uh, pretty much stood for Choctaw. But this particular beer that we're having today, this this one, I, I couldn't find exactly when they started it, but I know that they started the Prairie Bomb, which is kind of their flagship stout. They started it in 2013. So they might have start, started this one sometime thereafter. Well, it had to be after, uh, but I don't know how many how many years ago. So this beer is very, very complex. More complex than I thought it was going to be. So it is, it's syrupy, it's very viscous, it has lots of chocolate flavors in it, it has a lot of like sweet notes mm-hmm. to it. There is this like slight bitterness that that's back there from like heavier chocolate, like more cacao heavy chocolates. Mm-hmm. But there's also it's gonna sound so freaking weird when I say it, but there's also this tinny quality. Tinny, yes, and I think it's because this is attaching to a, a specific food memory for me of Hershey syrup out of the can. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. There's that, like, or the it's or so the... light. I'm not talking the bottle. No, it's not the bottle. Okay. It's out of the can where you had to double punch it. Okay. And you had the yellow lid <laughs> that went back on top. Okay. And I think that's where I'm getting this, like, tinny metallic, but it's just so ever so faint. But it's good. So what they say they use is chocolate nips. Cocoa nips. Right. And because it's nor, chocolate nor, one of the definitions of chocolate nor is it's like 60% cacao. Yeah, so it'd be so, dark chocolate. Yeah, so that's another factor of why this beer is so freaking dark. Not to mention, you know, I couldn't, you know, I didn't really didn't find the formula as to, you know, the barleys and and all those kinds of things. Does it does it mention anything about what the base beer is? I didn't see that either, Josh. They're pretty close lipped about their beer. Yes, <laughs> yes. But fourteen. In fact, their their website is is it's a good website. Don't get me wrong, but it's hard to navigate through it and find what you're really looking for. But the the IBUs we talked about the IBUs of yours. The IBUs on this beer is like four. four. Oh, yeah. It's so, I mean, there's there's no bitterness on this Mm-mm. beer. No, it's totally sweet. And that has to do with how much chocolate's in there. So one place they call it an Imperial, another place they call it double. When I think of Imperial, I think of more than double stout, but whatever. But I love it. <laughs> You know, it's not in competition with Nighty Night necessarily, 
but it is fantastic. Yeah. 99 doesn't have so much chocolate, so much sweetness. Mm-hmm. But the the alcohol of this one is higher than the latest 99s. Yeah, which is very interesting. You know, with Arkansas liquor laws, there are places that probably can't serve this. Well, you know, I, I wondered about that. Because there are particular laws with particular licenses mm-hmm. that you can only have, if you have particular licenses, the beer can only be up to a particular ABV. Like, this is higher than wine. Some wines, yeah. A, Four, a lot of wines. Well, yeah, 14 and a half is really a, a pretty high alcoholic wine. Yeah. And in fact, you know, when you make a barley wine, which is beer, some of them don't end up as high as it. No. And I mean, I know they're getting a lot from the barreling. I know there's some otherness, like when it comes to the the imperialness of it. But this is the first beer that I've ha- ever had that is broken the 12% mark. I've had some 12 percenters before, but I've never had a beer that's high. And here's the cr- here's the scary thing. What? It does not taste 14.5%. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Now, I am being you, you very get, cautious with this beer. Well, you definitely you definitely get that beer. You definitely get the alcohol taste within this beer. I, and that's yeah, what but, you said when you first smelled it. You said, "Oh, I got I got some alcohol." What was I forget what your word was, but you noticed it, and it's easy to notice it. Yeah, but it doesn't taste five percent higher than ninety nine. And it doesn't taste 10% higher than the, the nitro milk stuff that we No, had. like I would put this on like the alcohol here. I would put this on like the same level as most imperial stout, most in barrel aged imperial stouts that I've had, which most of them run, you know, 10, 10 to 12. But see, that's not the only high alcohol beer that they make. They no. make a pecan cinnamon that is 14%. They make a lot. They make a now to never Imperial Stout, which is 13%. So these, you know, these guys, they got the math of the alcohol down. They know how to do it. I want to know what yeast they're using that doesn't die. Well, that, <laughs> I was, you know what I mean? I, well, maybe it's, maybe it's a wine yeast. I mean, it you know, could be. Uh, yeah. So when I was doing, when I did, barley wines that's what you had to do you had to really just go get a wine yeast well for those of you who may be like kind of curious of why we're talking about like talking about yeast this way one of the things that kills yeast is alcohol yes it is a yeast yeast makes alcohol but if it gets to a certain percentage in the solution the yeast will just die aka this is why we had white zinfandel what's called a stuck fermentation at that point when it doesn't convert all the sugar into yeast. It just dies, or sugar into alcohol. The yeast just dies and it gets stuck. For them to get this high of an alcohol, I'm wondering how much is coming from the barrel. Like, how much is coming after brewing? Yeah. That's, that'd, that'd be an interesting thing to figure out. How much is actually coming after brewing? Because if they're brewing this to 12%, and then getting 2% off the barrels. Well, that would be... That's a, crazy. Well, but that would be probably likely. 
something like that, right? I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm. I am not enough. I don't understand the science of that. There are people I can ask, right? I may have to reach out to Jack this week and ask him. But it's 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 very interesting. So, have you tried any food with it while we've been? So I've had here? the chips with it. And, and what do you think of those chips? The chips are great. With it, they die in the beer. Okay. There's just too much sugar and so much syrupiness that just takes over the flavor of the chip. And it just, it disappears. Because at some points, like when I had the chip and then I had the beer at first, I was like, oh, it just kind of washes it out. I was like, oh, this would be a great beer with really spicy food. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I went back and back and back to the chip and I realized I wasn't just losing the heat of the chip. I was losing the chip. Mm. So I think, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go through the rest of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm wary with how thick and how heavy this beer is for how it can pair with things. Because of it's so complex, it's got so much flavor, it's so, you know, heavy, for lack of a better term, that it, it, can, it can take over very easily. Oh, okay. Yeah. I found these chips <laughs> at uh, Fresh Market. I was standing in line, and there they were. And, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. The way the, these chips come, the family's from Ireland, okay? And they use, and the, I don't know what this means. I haven't done the research. But they use whiskey, dried whiskey dust on these chips. So I guess they dry whiskey till it gets to a dust powder. Yeah. And then they have they have all these potatoes that they grow and that's what they that's how they do this. There's also like a barbecue flavor on it. Yeah. And 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 you know, I don't know if that came from uh from the whiskey dust or what. Now apparently there's a little bit of vanilla from the barrel? Uh-uh. No. You don't think so? They use real vanilla in it. Okay, well, that's what I was... That's, I was hoping you were going to correct me because it didn't sound right. But, yeah, there's a... Don't you get a little bit of vanilla in here? Oh, I get a ton of it. Yeah. But here's the other thing. You can see it in the bottle. Mm. So, hold it sideways and hold it up to the light. You can see it looks like there's sediment. Mm. And I think that's the vanilla bean. So I think they actually you like scrape vanilla bean or use vanilla bean paste somewhere in this process. And okay. I have a feeling it's probably the same place where they use the nibs. Okay. Which I think may be a barrel add. Yeah. Which, if they have any secondary fermentation going on in the barrel with that sugar from the vanilla paste, that's going to also kick up the alcohol a little bit. Oh, yeah, it could. This is a very interesting beer. I want to know how, like, I want to know how they make this because, and they do this with so many beers. Mm -hmm. They do this kind of stuff with probably 15 different beers. Mm -hmm. And some of them are like, like I said before, $45 a four pack. Right. Now I searched around on the back of the bottle. There looks like, I don't know if that's a prisoner trying to get out of jail. 
what it is. I couldn't find anything on that. And the cap on the top of the bottle has a catfish. That's a prairie logo. With, yeah, with a cigarette in its mouth. And, and you're right. That's that's what that is. Like, and the, that's that's their symbol. And they they have a newsletter that you sign up for, and that's the Catfish Chronicles. <laughs> so it might be fun to just sign up for that. But I've I've looked and I've I can't find anything about what what uh, barley they're using or what yeast they're using to make this beer, but you know what? I don't care. Well, and the other thing about Prairie... <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and the other thing about Prairie is they're almost a co-op. So, you remember, we've talked about mm-hmm. Moody, Moody Brews before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So... Are they here yet? He is putting stuff into his building in Petaway Square. Oh, wow. So, I would guess May. Right. But anyway... One of the things that I think Prairie does is they find brewers that want to brew stuff and kind of bring them into their fold and say, you can have kind of like Budweiser does, like here are resources, you can brew with us, but you're going to release under our label Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Because if you look on the back of the bottle, it talks about how this was brewed and bottled by Krebs Brewing. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this almost co-op mentality I think that Prairie has, which is one of the reasons that they're very private about their recipes and that and all that kind of stuff. Because they have kind of a multiplicity of I believe they kind of have a multiplicity of breweries that kind of brew under their umbrella. Yeah, it it doesn't make that clear, but it it does say in twenty twelve the Prairie Artisan Ales was, was founded by brothers and they were experienced brewer Chase uh, Headley and an artist with an unforgettable style, Colin uh, Healy. And then it says they, the, the Fletchering Brewery immediately teamed up with Zach and the crew, and together they brewed their very first prairie beer. Now, and it was a farmhouse ale. So they kind of imply that. And then the other thing is, you know, there is there is a mothership company. I don't have to look this up. Uh, I think you said it. Uh, Craig's? Keg? Kreb. Kreb. So Kreb, in 2022, they were, the, they were the biggest brewing company in Oklahoma. They're the ones that do chalk. Yeah. At twenty at twenty thousand barrels. Now, twenty thousand sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. But you know what left hand does? They do like a hundred. A <laughs> hundred. Yeah. At least a hundred. So I, I didn't have the right years, but you know, it's hard it's hard to tell. So that that's the thing about prairie that I think some people don't realize is that they're kind of a like this kind of group of brewers that come together and do things under a particular label to put stuff out under one thing, which is a co-op. Mm-hmm. That's what Moody went to do, I think, for a while, and now he's back doing his own stuff. So, Whew. I'm feeling this beer. Have so you, it have, goes. 
Have you tried the cheese? I've tried the so I've tried the rib. I haven't done the cheese yet. And the rib, kind of the same thing happened. Like I got good rib flavor. I had the beer. The heat of the rub went away, and then I was left with vanilla chocolate. And I think it's the vanilla and chocolate that's making me think of Hershey's chocolate syrup. Probably. What about you? I've been talking about my thoughts on the pairings. You haven't told us what you think. So I get a little different thing with the rib. It kind of at the end does what you said. The beer has such a long finish. So far, anything I've tasted can't compete to that long finish. Yeah, I'm going to taste this beer for three days. Well, give me your stop, not, stop drinking it. That's not bad. I'm just uh, saying it's wonderful. I'm just trying to make a joke. Damn yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the happiest three days of your life. <laughs> but so with the rib, okay, I get that taste the body of that rib. I get that wonderful rib taste. I get that wonderful earthy. We don't burn our ribs, but we got like uh, some bark. Call it bark on the rib. So that's that dry, you know, the outside of the rib sort of gets charred a little bit and it gets dried out a little bit, even though we spritz our rib. But the inside of that rib is so luscious. Mm -hmm. But you that outside bark and that char that you get with that rib goes so well with this beer and then what happens like you said is the long finish of the beer takes over how do you so before that takes over how does it how does it meld for you for for me the rib melds with the beer very well because of that let's see because of that stout, imperial stout, that whiskey just goes so well with the rib. It's like I, it's almost like if I just poured some whiskey and I'm eating the rib, it would almost be the same except there's vanilla, there's chocolate. Whiskey has, some whiskeys have a longer finish than right. others, but none of them are compete with this long finish. Right. So kind of what you, let me make sure I'm kind of understanding this correctly. Okay. That first hit of the stout in the barrel is what melds with the, that goes well with the rib. Yes. And then when that chocolate and vanilla take over, we, you kind of lose everything else. Yeah. Okay. Same thing happens with the potato chip. Except, so the potato chip sort of has a barbecue flavor. Right. And the chip has the crispiness of a chip, but it also has that whiskey dust, whatever that is. So that whiskey dust and this beer with the chip go really well. And then the beer just right. has such a long finish that where'd that chip go? Yeah, and it finishes with the chip. And I'm not really, vanilla. yeah, and I'm not really thirsty anymore. But it's like, better check that chip again. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm, I'm done with this flavor, so I'm going to go back to the chip because I want, I want a new flavor in my mouth. 
Now, have you 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 explain what happened with that quarter cheddar cheese? It disappeared. So the so Irish cheddar is known to be dry. So it's a very dry flavor going in. It has that slight sharpness. Mm-hmm. I don't really get any beeriness, but that also could be because this beer is so heavy, my palate is getting shot. Like, it's just kind of taking over my palate really heavily. Mm-hmm. And so then when I, t- when I take a drink of the beer, all the cheese is immediately gone. I hate that because in theory, that pairing should work. And it should work really well. Yeah. But it doesn't. So, listeners, we've had Irish cheddar, which is a, you know, the cheddar, white white cheddar look. Dubliner. We had a Dubliner Scotch, or I mean a stout, Dubliner Scotch. Checkmate. 14%. Yeah, 14%. (laughs) We had a Dubliner stout cheddar. But there was no color on that that cheddar. And I got a little bit of stout, maybe. But this cheese, there's a beautiful interloven to the cheese brown color, which I expected with that stout cheese. But this porter cheese has that brown intermingling into that cheddar. Yeah. And it it goes pretty well with this beer. It should have been the perfect pairing in my mind. Maybe it is. We hadn't done best on plate yet. I'm gonna to have to come up with that. But maybe I should go get. I should go get that <laughs> that no. Dubliner stout cheese. <laughs> it won't because it's I, drier. It's drier than that yeah, cheese. That 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 cheese was uh, real crumbly and dusty and all that. This cheese is not. This cheese is sweet, lovely. I'm not sure. You know, the we're going to have to have Prairie Bomb. We're going to have to do a Prairie Ale episode. And I'm going to have to pull out the Prairie Bomb. I think I've got some stashed away somewhere. It's not in your corner, is it? No. Your beer corner. It's, it's, easily, it's easy to find, too. Yes. Or maybe we ought to try their uh, their their saison. I mean, they got so many beers to try, and and we can get a lot of them. Yeah, my only my only issue with Prairie is how expensive it is. Yeah, because if I'm going to spend twenty five dollars, mm-hmm. is that what is that what this four pack was? This four pack was like twenty one or something. Twenty one. If I'm going to spend twenty twenty one bucks, and I'm going for a pairing. Right. I'm not sure this is where I want to spend my money. Right. Now, if I'm going to spend 21 bucks on something that is absolutely delicious to drink, and I'm just going to drink it, this is it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe with some, like, chocolate cake or, like, dessert. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a beer pairing that is for dessert. This would be bomb. Like, just vanilla ice cream. Chocolate lava cake. I started to do that. Tiramis, tiramisu would uh, th- that would would go, that be that lights would, out? That would go great with tiramisu. 
mm-hmm. I think. Mm. Chocolate salami. Like, this is built to me. To me, right. it's really built for dessert. All right, we got another episode. <laughs> it's it's gonna it's gonna be this. We're not gonna beer. do liquor next week, everybody. <laughs> We're gonna get tanked. It's gonna, on the it's gonna be this beer back. and desserts, <laughs> <laughs> which I think would be great. It would be chocolate. Like when? Oh my gosh, when strawberries come in season, Dad? Just some macerated strawberries. I don't know when they're gonna come in season. We got so much rain lately. Oh, no, that's all right. And it's cold right now. It's yeah. like. It was, uh, I think, 27 this morning. Yeah. But so just some macerated strawberries with this beer would be great. All right. So, speaking of what would go well. Oh, no. Let's talk what, went, unless there's something else you want to say about your beer or prairie, let's no, figure no, out what enough. went well with our stuff. Okay. We'll start with my plate. Okay. Your plate. Go ahead. Do you uh, know or do you want me to go? The duck talk. The duck nachos, yeah. Nachos, I mean, the duck nachos. I will agree with you. So, of the- so, so that cheese, and then that really wasn't that crunchy, the nacho part, but it could have been. It didn't really have to be, but that cheese, and then that duck, and then that nitro left-hand stout, Irish stout, dry stout, perfect. Just yeah. perfect. It w- I will say, out of the... The actual pairings that we have on the table, that was probably the best. The cookie, though, was a close second to me. Yeah, it was. I really like that. I'll have to try the cookie with I'm going to try the cookie. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I was just about to do the same thing. And also the, the duck nachos, I think, are going to go with yours, too. Mm-hmm. But of things that were on the plate but not the actual pairings, mm-hmm. that corned beef was the best thing. By itself. Yeah, corned beef by itself with this beer was with your beer with my beer was so freaking delicious. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just felt like, I mean, the styles match. It's it, what grows together goes together. Uh, corned beef, Ireland, Irish stout, Ireland. not Ireland. Well, this beer, the style of beer, style, the style of beer matches the. And I mean, hey, that corned beef wasn't from Ireland, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it's from here in Little Rock, right? Because you made it. Yeah. How'd the cookie go? <laughs> Before we go into your plate, how'd the cookie go? Well, the cookie, uh, the the vanilla that's in the beer, and then the cookie, they did go pretty well. Yeah. Why so? Well, this this beer is so sweet. As we just said, listeners, we're talking about all that chocolate cake and all those other sweet things. This sweet cookie went with this beer. <laughs> yeah. And that's also And I'm not sure that it mattered what what flavor was in there. So really not. It could have been a sweet raspberry. It could have been a I don't know. The li- it was- <laughs> you said strawberries when they come in season, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean well macerated strawberries because they're sweet and then you have the sugar addition to it right all right on my plate what do you got my mouthful cookie oh a mouthful cookie okay the (laughs) cookie go okay i'll go for me on my plate even though i was talking about how that beer overtook the rib while i was eating that rib and getting getting that charred earthiness with the beer and with the whiskey, 
that was in that barrel and then the chocolate all those things fit together so well even though the beer had such a long finish compared to the rib and just wiped the rib away the rib while i was eating it before it was wiped away was the winner yeah i have to agree with you if i have to pick something on your plate i think the best thing to go with this beer is good friends a good conversation mm. i i honestly think that because after three of these There'll be some really good conversation. <laughs> if, you, if you can still stand up after three of these. But no, I really do think, I think, I, I don't know if this beer was actually built to go with anything besides just being drunk. Mm-mm. I don't, when they built this beer in mind, I think it was just thought to be drunk. I could be wrong, but based on what I just tasted, Unless we're doing dessert, like I talked about, I think the best thing to go with this beer is good company and good conversation. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you're disagreeing with me over there. You're no, I'm frantically saying, yeah. searching. No, the I'm, internet. Say, I'm saying yeah. You were frantically searching something. Well, I was searching to see. I didn't do the Google of what pairs with this beer, so that's what I was doing right now. And you really can't find it but what you find is stout and chocolate yeah but this is not so you got a imperial (laughs) 14.3 percent chocolate stout any kind of chocolate any kind of sweet is going to go with it uh that is where i would turn this pairing yes but i still think this is a good friends and good conversation beer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is, mo- I mean, which is most beverages, but there are some that I honestly think like that is just best to just sit and drink. Like I want to drink more of this, but I don't want to think about it while I drink. Right. There is such a mind game going on with this beer and me. Are we having to think to do this podcast? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> So, but did you you agreed with me on the rib? Rib. If wow. I had to pick something from the actual plate, well, we it'd have be to the rib. That, that, but that's what we do. I think the best thing that I had with this was my first couple sips mm-hmm. before I got into anything. Yeah, I'll say this though: the nacho, yeah, duck nacho went really well too <laughs> with the, with the beer. <laughs> yeah. Because there was sweetness in that cheese, and duck sort of has a sweetness, and they went pretty well, but they didn't count, because it's not my plate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. All right, what are we doing next week? We have to do a blind before we go to next week. Oh, sir. uh, Let me me, me go get you something. (laughs) No. Excuse me. That's not how this works. Oh. You blind on beer weeks. All right, get it poured up. All right. All right, so I've got a blind poured up for you, Dad. Go ahead and get into it. Okay, is a chocolate noir. Wrong. Oh. Well, it's got the same color. This is a, a very dark beer. It's got the same kind of head. The head's not there. 
Josh has poured him up, and it's got just a little head. It's not totally tan. It's uh, kind of a, a whitish tan is what Josh's is. But beautiful, beautiful beer. Beautiful. I th- I'm going to say maybe it's a stout already, but it could be a dark porter. But let's give it a sniff. Let's see what I can smell. It's that time of year we got that pollen, yellow pollen started in Arkansas. Okay. It's a, it doesn't have a lot of alcohol like that 14.3, that's for sure. But it, it's, it's kind of got that, it's got that black barley kind of smell and sweetness to it. And I'm going to give it a little swirl and see. Yeah, here comes that head back. It's sort of light tan. And I'm going to have to taste it, Josh. Is that okay? Might have had this beer before. I've had a lot of stouts in my life. It's not a Guinness, though. And I'm not sure it's really a stout. He could be trying to trick me with a porter. Or a plot over there. Ooh. Let's put it this way. I like it, Josh. (laughs) I figured you would. Yeah. Yeah. What could this be? Well, talk to us about it. I'm trying to. It's like, I just want to sip it. Just sit here and sip it. Well, why do you want to sip it? What do you taste in it? It's, it tastes good. Why does it taste good, Josh? <laughs> You're the one blinded, not me. I know what this is. Hmm. you got to talk to us about what you taste in. That's the whole point of this. So there's not a whole lot of mouthfeel on it. So... That worries me that it's, it, you know, with a stout, you get more mouthfeel than a porter. Okay, let's just work through this. It's not. Let's say it's not. Pilsners, lagers, it's, it's you know, it's not a Miller Lite. It's not a Bud Light. It's not an Ultra. There's a whole lot of beers that it's not because... This has such good dark color. And that's why I'm leaning towards stout. But, man, it, <laughs> you talked about how hard it was to transition between your beer and my barrel aged. Now we're going back the other direction. And I've got, I've got issues with how far we're going back. Yeah. So, as far as, you know, that Prairie Ale... Chocolate, Neor. The ABV was 14. I want to say this ABV is much less than that. It's not as far down as four. But I want to say it's maybe, it's nowhere near 14. So it's probably like six or something. Okay, so that means we're in the normal range. We're yeah, not any we're, sort of we're, imperial. Yeah, it's, it's not an imperial. And I, I already said it, it's not Guinness, because I think I would be able to pick that out. Okay, another taste. Mm. I'm knowing, I can't remember. So in your head, what is the difference between a porter and a stout? Because you've basically got it down between the two. Yeah. Ba- just based on the color. We're, and then you talked about the alcohol well, being lower. You know, a, so lot a, porter, t- a lot of times stout. a porter, a lot of times. Porter is is lighter in color and lighter in alcohol. 
but they can cross over. That's the problem I'm having. So, I, you know, I'm trying to think, is this a local beer or is this an international beer? This um, is not an Arkansas beer. Okay, that helps. Um, Nor is it an international beer. Okay, that helps a lot. So, that could mean that you know it could be a it could be a Kansas City Boulevard porter or it could be a Kansas City Boulevard stout or who knows where <laughs> there let's see hmm I'm working through it I don't think it's prairie I don't think it's prairie and I don't think it's left hand but it could be like like i said it could be boulevard it could be style that's that's where i'm 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 struggling with whether it's a porter or a stout right now okay but it could be that it's like new belgium and new belgium makes a a wonderful porter I don't know that they make a stout. It's not New Belgium. Uh-oh. <laughs> Rather than focus on the brewery, try and focus on the style. I know. Think, think okay. about which think about which beer is more roasty. Think about which beer traditionally has more hot presence. And will show off being more bitter. Because that's what I get when I taste this yeah, beer. Yeah. There's a good bit of bitterness to this. It's not as roasty malty it's it between the two styles one is more roasty malty one usually has more presence of bitterness to it and you're getting more bitterness is that what you said me personally there is i'm not saying there's not roastiness but the characteristic of this beer in the dark beer style is the one which usually ha- shows a little bit more Heavy flavors and hoppy. I get, I get bitterness on this. Do you? I I get light bitterness. I mean, you know, I love IPAs and you don't. So, I I like I like more bitter than this. But it's definitely in this style of beer. You like more bitterness sometimes. But I think okay, we're gonna break it down based on this. And the bitterness and the hoppiness of it, I'm going to say it's a stout. Okay. There's quietness. <laughs> I was good, I was just checking before before yeah. I jumped in if you were going to say any more. So, Dad has declared that this is a stout. You'll have to come back next week to find out whether he's right or whether he's not right. Okay. And next week will be a liquor week. So, Dad, what liquor are we doing next week? Well, we said we're doing gin, and I've decided there's one that is from Italy, and it's called Mayfly, and it has, like, orange and grapefruit, and it's called the Mayfly Con Arnisa. So, if you want to find this gin, walk your gin aisle and look for the orange 
gin. It's definitely orange. Yeah, it is a blood orange flavored gin. Blood orange, yes. Um, I will be doing the Bar Hill Gin from Vermont. From Vermont? Yes, it's a very Ooh. special gin, and we'll talk about that next week. So Geneva? It is not a Genevieve. It is not a slow gin. Okay. It's just, we'll talk more about it next week. All right. And if you like what we're doing, you know, give us a follow out there on all the social platforms. Give us a like, a rating, a review on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love for you to hit that subscribe button and let us know what we like, what you like, what you don't like through those reviews. And if you want to send us an email, remember we're acquired tastings at gmail.com. So another wonderful episode there. Oh, I just love this one. I'm going to have to go. Maybe one more. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe one, one more. more barrel age. <laughs> yeah, super barrel age oh, there. Well, I think what we're doing tonight is we're going to have uh, some corned beef and cabbage. And I'll just have to see if this, if this beer uh, goes well. with it. <laughs> yep. And so for all of us here at Acquired Tastings, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.